Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome new listeners to the Todd Glass Show. Before we get going, here's some stuff you should know. To tell if it's a bit or the truth from Todd. If he says potato salad or swear to God. Those expressions are comedic, little darling. If Todd means the truth, he always says to George Carlin. And on the topic of bits, let's erase any doubts. Todd's almost always joking when he says, edit it out. The intro goes long, cause Todd's so big hearted. Other podcasts in before his get started. The intros are recorded on a phone, but don't worry. The audio of the show is at a higher quality. You know the Podcasters Association. Voted the Todd Glass Show with number one. So welcome to the show. Wow. How you doing? I'm in Vancouver at Yuck Yucks backstage. It's just a great energy. I'm sitting here with Chris James. Hey, what's happening, party people? He knows that. That's like I, that's what I don't want the host to say on stage. Where's my party, people? Listen, no one needs to know. Have you ever heard a show? You go, the show went good last night, but no, no comedian ever found out where the party people were. So we couldn't have a good show because you need to know where the party people are. If you're gonna have fun, you gotta you gotta spot these people. The only way to spot them is to hope they'll they'll call out when you yell for them. Where's my party people? We're over here. All right, hey. Yeah. First of all, anyone putting a cry out for party people is not a person you want, and the other person responding to it is not a great person. Two people, two morons. Where's my party people? Woo! All right, both of you, I could do without. Anyway. That's enough with that. But Chris James had a really good point. And it would... What was it? In regards <laughs> you to... You didn't have any point. <laughs> I just made it up. All right, so listen. I hope you're going to enjoy the show. Now, today, here's what happened. 
Um, this was an after show that we did after last week because I knew I wouldn't be around. And it was um, Mark Shift has a play, and I'm sure I talk about it. And um, Steve Schaefer, they wrote a play, and they talk about it. But basically, they're guys that I've known for a long time. Like when I was like. 19 and 20 doing stand-up comedy and they were already like doing it for a little while and they were really funny um so they were, they, they were like i liked what they did like back like 25 years ago i thought they both like they 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 were why am i i'm a little lost i'm a little i'm a little high younger probably when i met these guys you're saying 25 years ago yeah Longer. Well, well, listen. Don't make me do math. I've known them for a long time. Yeah, because I used to work at a comedy club when I was 19 years old, and Mark Schiff came in. He had been doing comedy for five years. I had been doing it for a year and a half, and I was working at a club. He came in. He was already a really good comedian, and he was. He grew, but he was already good back then. And then Steve Schaefer, him I didn't. Him I knew maybe five years into comedy. But I like he was silly, but it was like funny silly, and he and he and he probably influenced me in my comedy, and uh, I loved what he did. But I haven't seen him forever. Mark, I see at the gym once in a while. Steve, I haven't seen maybe you know for a long time. So it was fun to sit down with them, and uh, that's it. That's it. I hope you're feeling loved, right? Can I tell you the truth? Speaking of feeling love, Chris James admitted it today. He said, Todd, I don't have as much depth as you. I'm like, oh, stop it. What's up, party people? <laughs> <laughs> That's Chris James, folks. You get to see him all shit. Look at him walking out of here like on a big laugh. He wants to leave on a big laugh on the opening of the podcast. He had a call back and got a big laugh. Now he's going to leave me cold. He's going to go out into the party and leave me in here. There's a party right outside this little green room. We're sitting in a green room with probably hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of signatures all over the wall. From almost everybody. John Doerr even. <laughs> and, uh, and then right outside is the comedy club, but they repurposed it tonight for like an after party. And there's, you know, it's good energy here. So that's it. Barry Crimmins is here. You know, I feel bad around the holidays, and Barry admitted this to me. When people ask his name, he says, Barry Crimmins, and they go, Merry Christmas to you, too. So and that's a true story. He admitted it. He said it's been hard to live with it. <laughs> Even ba- Barry um, was great. You know, I, I love, uh, love his energy. Oh, sorry, I forgot I was doing the opening to the show. I was going to say something nice about Barry, and then I got lost my, lost my footing. But anyway, it's the opening to the show. I hope uh, you feel great. I hope you feel like... Uh, go. Can I tell you, tell you something? Go YouTube Mr. Rogers. I guarantee when you're done it... Chris James brought him up to me again today. And it's just... It's a great way to feed your soul. I never get tired of talking about it, because there's always something different I can learn about him, or rehear a phrase that I heard already, but I forgot how great it was. Or hear something... I never knew he said before. Or find a video of him doing something that you never, you took, you dug a little deeper. And you will always feel great after um, letting Mr. Rogers soak into your soul. See? And people are so afraid there won't be an alternative, an, an, a, uh, a afterlife. Maybe it's just what people say about you. So just do great things while you're here, and your afterlife will be all the nice things people say about you. So I guess there is an afterlife. 
I wanted you to do it. I was lipping to him. I was like, do the party, people. What a great comeback. All right, everybody. That's it. I'm going to go join the party. No, I'm doing, come on in. What? Uh, doing the intro to his show. Intro to the show, and I forgot to do it. So I said, I'll do it. Do you want to say hello to everybody? Hey, everybody. Oh, party. Whoop, whoop. Hey, what up, what up? <laughs> All right, everybody. There you go. That's it. That's the show. That, no, this is the opening. So it's the, this is the after show from last week. And I uh, hope you enjoy it. Aristotle, I'll give you the last word. If John Brang Wagner wants to say anything, you can have him throw something in, but there's going to be editing. So if all they hear is you, Aristotle, it's too late to get John Brang Wagner to do anything. Enjoy the show. Aristotle, I'll give you the final word. Song, but he will be Steve Schaefer and uh, Mark Schiffer here. Everyone except Nick. What? It's a So listen, there's not that often uh, that I, st- I, I go from that to this, where um, I feel like I want to give a little backstory. Yeah. You know, I do, because I've known you for a long time, and I'm not nervous, but I'm... Um, you know, like I, I, uh, you know what? What's the word? Like, because I've, you know, this, this, uh, I, I, I haven't really been professional in front of you before, except doing my stand-up, but yes. I don't know. Um, so I'm really glad that you guys are here, but I'll give the little backstory. So, uh, Steve Schaefer, I just like. Uh, uh, I remember being very envious of you being – I liked that you were silly on stage. And this is the thing. I'm just going to get out of the way right now. This is an after show. So just so you know in the context. Sure. Last week I told everyone, hey, Steve Schaefer and, uh, and Mark Schiffer are going to be here. I'm going to probably say how long I've known you. And then this is an after show. So um, uh, 
so so anyway, you you that you were an inventive silliness, and it, it was in the eighties when a lot of that you said something once that I don't. We've never talked about this. Okay, and. And then we'll get to you, Mark. What's the, I want to I want to do this right away. What is the name of the? I'm already sweating. What is the name of the uh, the play? The play is called Married People: A Comedy. Where, when's it out? It's uh, previewing February 23rd, 24th, and 25th at the Zephyr Theater. And I'll tell you what I do. Melrose. I'm, I'm, and it I'm opens smart. the week after March 2nd. A lot of times when people, maybe they think they hear a date, they try to 15 second forward. You know on the podcast? March 3rd. March 3rd? It opens March 3rd. March 3rd. You're so stupid. I know. Um, they try to 15 second forward when they hear like, you know, because they want to get, no, no. And I just keep saying it. No matter where they go. When is it again? Previews February 23rd, 24th, and 25th. At what theater? At the uh, Zephyr Theater Zephyr. on Melrose Avenue, and the opening night is March the 3rd. Okay. So now we did, I'll say it on the opening, too. So now back to you, and, you, and thank you for being patient. Thank you. No, no, no. Can I leave now? Yeah, you can leave. You know what? Let's play Mark in. Let's, Mark, maybe Mark, we did a little Mark, something Mark. nice for him. Mark Schiff is here. Right? Mark Schiff is here. Of course I'm going to go big. He's got a play, it's called Merry People. A Steve Shaver's a part of it too. I didn't Mary know you were gonna be here. A comedy. On the Todd Glass show today, you should go and see his play, Mark Schiff. Mark Schiff. Mark Schiff. Mark My mother used to sing that to me every night when she put me to bed. It was unbelievable. Mark Shift is here. Let's bring Steve Schaefer in. Let's do it right, right? Oh, Steve Schaefer. What, of course. Oh, Steve Schaefer. Last minute I found out you were going to be here, I said, I got to get him a song. Schaefer. Oh, I like it. It represents Steve Usually I hear them before the show starts, but this one, because he told me last minute you were coming, I got like two minutes ago, so I don't know how long he goes with this. Steve Schaefer. Steve tell you, my mother used to sing that to me, too, which is unbelievable. You know what, if you hot diggity dog, you say something like that, he does a hot diggity dog song hot dance. Dog. That's good. Hot we go. dog, hot dog, right. hot dog, hot diggity dog, now we got ears, it's time for cheers. Hot dog, hot dog, no problem solved. Hot dog, hot dog, hot diggity dog. 
sweating up a storm. So let me go back to you. And this yeah. is going to turn into, you see how my, my interview styles, they're so good. Um, so anyway, you, you, you were very silly and, and proving you could be in, like an inventive silliness, you know. And then you said something one day, which I think was true. Because I think, not all comedians, but I think the 80s, there was a time, I don't think it's true Look, there's always good and bad in every generation. But there was a period, and I was part of that generation, so I, I can say it. It's not like I'm 20 doing Absolutely comedy. You were. Where they tried to, they, they shit on silliness and shame on that era. Yeah, yeah. And you said something once. You go, you know, they made me paranoid to be, and you said, and you took it back. You went, no, 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 I'm responsible for it. You, you, like, you didn't want to blame. But I thought, am I right a little bit? I vaguely remember this, it was like I, everybody it sounds wanted, like something I would say. Everybody that shouldn't, everybody that was a little bit silly or a little bit off, there was some like mainstream, not all, not all. Right, right. Um, but they would like sort of like scoff at it. Scoff at it. It was easy. So you were, and, and, and they thought that you could just, if you jump up and just wiggle your arms, that it was easy. But to me, it was precise and beautiful. And I anything, really loved it. anything brilliant is hard to do. Whether it's a traditional stand up, or whether it happens to be blue, or whether it happens to be whatever it is. There's good and bad in every category. There's there's comedians that aren't silly that suck, and there's you know what I'm saying. Like, but in that generation, I'm a little all over the place. Not that that not generation, the '80s. Yeah, I, I thought there were a lot of comedians that they did. They were like they. they they were silly, and then they would try to like maybe you turn know, into uh, turn into what they weren't, right. turn into what they weren't. Right, a monologist, and, a monologist, and, right, and right, now right. I feel like they just and embrace. You know, look, there's things that are like what type of movies are good? Silly movies or dramatic movies? You don't have to pick. Right. You know, the same thing with stand up comedy. Gilbert Gottfried was a very silly comedian. Right, exactly, and, uh, and brilliant. But Steve con- Martin, you're a fan of Steve Martin. Well, that's right? the example I go to all the time. And that- uh, he was uh, silliness personified, yeah. but it was absolutely artistic. Yeah. It was ex- extraordinary to behold, watching him be silly. Matter of fact, I remember me, it's so funny, You, you, you I think you'll, what? That's what? so unprofessional. <laughs> there was a bit that, you know, you don't know how long someone is doing your bits. Oh, dear. But me and my brother have been doing one of your bits for probably 25 years. Okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> so unprofessional. It's our producer. Mark, I have, a, I have one of yours, too. Why am I boiling hot? I don't is know. Is that on? Mm-hmm. I intend to. I just want to be comfortable. That's what I learned. Don't plow past an interview sweating. Take it. Take a second. Get your fan going. Be comfortable. Turn the disco ball off. God, it's exhausting. It went back to back. Pretty amazing. Right. Do me a favor. Put your phone in. I like on. nothing on the table. Is it off? Oh, it's off. It's off and gone. So anyway, um, so it was a bit about, and we probably do it. You want to hear my? Sure. It was a bit about the Italian, uh, uh, the the wedding, the funeral. Funeral. Right. That they would go, ah, oh, t- <laughs> take a me. Why don't you take a me? Take a me. That's a, but you know it's true, right? You grew up in Philadelphia. You know that those people exist. And they my were, family. They, it they could make a funeral. Someone could go, relax, they're just dead. That's well, how dramatic yeah. it would get. Um, and then, you, but the, uh, my version of it was, I wish you would do it. God. I'll do it. You will do it? Well, I love it. If people ask like me to version, do it, but I do it. But, and commit to it. Well, they, uh, it, it was a difference between my two sides of the family because the Italian side, my father, or actually my father's side was the German side. Put a little reverb in his mic so it sounds like he's on stage. And that was always like, uh, always dead, what a shame, let's go. But my mother's side, the Italian side, they were doing backflips into the grave. Ooh, that's a lovely 9.2 for Aunt Rita. There was always a parade of fat ants following the corpse everywhere, screaming at the top of their lungs, Oh, God, the day of me! A day of me! What don't oh, do you? Why don't you think of me, guys? Take of me. me! Just once, I'd like God to come down and go, Okay, Rita, you got it. 
And then, and then of course, Reed would be like, hey, God, I'm only messing around. Yeah. It's a show. Take a me, take a me. It's a take a me show. That's Welcome easy. to the take a me show. And that's where it got silly, and that's why you liked it. And that's why I liked it, because you used to, you used to always act the, the cadence in, it's a show. It's a, it's a, it's a take a me show. It's like, she was show. bullshitting, so she had to go, it's a show. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a take a me show. You <laughs> saw it, though. I mean, you, you, in Philadelphia, you saw those funerals, and you saw those Italian ants. Yeah, it, it, like my, I think, I forget who said it once, but somebody at one of those funerals where you would like like I just said where you go all right it's not they're dead it's not calm down <laughs> all right I just got worked up but take me take me and that, me and my brother do the isolated uh, it's a it's a show it's a it's a it's a it's a take me show take me show and the and so anyway I know you from the Philadelphia from Philadelphia days and you're always nice and I, and I'm going to go out of my way to say that because I think it's important I try to I hope it comes from my Heart to be nice now when you meet, you know, uh, other comedians, newer or in the same, you know, you guys were doing it probably, probably, you know, when you start comedy, like Mark, when you came into Philadelphia, I, I don't know the answer to this and I'll find it out. You always later in life, you think that uh, the comedians that you were like, wow, they got it down. They must be like 20 years older than you. Later right. you find out it was, they've been doing comedy three more years than right, you, right, right. but that's a big deal. A one year comedian. So when you came through Philly, right. And I remember you were. I mean, look, you got better and better, but you were pretty fucking polished. I mean, you you did well. You you didn't fuck around on that stage. You went up there and you fucking. How yeah. long had you been doing stand up in, let's say, oh, what year? Eighty four, eighty five. Well, I moved here in eighty four, so I was doing it about eight years. Oh, so oh yes, so you really were. I started in seventy six, seventy seven. Wow. Well, the truth is, I actually started. Um, a little before that, but I had stage fright, and I quit. And I just uh, went to acting school. I took dance lessons, jazz dance, and then I went back to it. Is that true? Yeah. I studied at a place called Luigi's Dance Studio on 55th Street. In well, that's not true. Absolutely true. Of course, from City Center. Stop with the mic. Yeah. Now, would you like a little betting music as you tell these stories? No. Your teeny bit I'll give you? A little bit. Okay. Okay. It'll just be nice. Is that too much? I don't ah, like it. My Jewish so, soul. Back to you, back to uh, to you. So, so yeah, when I, when I, I saw you at the yeah. comedy works, and you were always, you know, very nice and really, you know, just fun to be with. You and certain like guys like Paul Reiser, we'd always be excited when you were coming in because you were nice to the staff and you were fun and you were silly. And the comedy works was probably one of my favorite places in the world to work. And you know that that's interesting. You say that because I'm just there as a, a, a new comedian, a door guy. But in hindsight, I guess Steve Young, the owner of the club, he was great to us. And you, you sometimes he would let the the, the local middle guy who could headline Tom yeah. Wilson or legendary yeah. Wid headline Saturday late show so you guys could take the train back to New York. And that was a mail train. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. It was not a nonstop, you know, like usually you you go from Philly to New York in like whatever, an hour or something. This would make like 10 Hold stops. on one second. What's that noise? That's a fan? Okay, sorry. That's one of my fans. Yeah, this was like the 1 a.m. or 12, 12.30, 1 a.m. train. A mail train? Yes, it would stop and pick up mail at different places. But you could get back to New York. By three o'clock, two thirty, three o'clock. Yeah, you're still home. Yeah, and you're that still was home. one of the great things about this gig. I didn't have to. It was kind of on the road, but it's not on the road. You get there. Right. I remember one time. I uh, remember Barney. His son yes. drove me back. Michael Weiss. He drove me back for fifty bucks. He drove you back to New York. Fifty bucks. 
Wow, that's a good deal. David Say's wife used to be outside and beep the horn his whole set. That's yeah. what we used to do. I have a David Say story that's really... Let, real quick, let me say this, go and ahead. then you'll... So David Say, go look him up on YouTube. David Say was a guy... And, you know, I, I always think on the odds, what if... I always think about this, everybody. Family, the odds are nil, they listen to it. You know, would I want them to be like... So, so let's say there's a free chance David Say heard this. I don't think he'd give a shit. He... First of all, he used to get us so nervous in the sound booth. In hindsight, he was right. You could never hear yourself in the monitors. So he used to just walk out to the stage and go, hello, 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 hello. Bringing up a hello, 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 hello. And, you know, now I get it. And we used to just turn knobs. We didn't know what the fuck we were doing in the sound booth. And then finally we'd go, perfect. Sometimes we did nothing. But um, he could get to his closing bit so quick. When we gave him the light. Because he, he, after a while, he wasn't loving it. I mean, he was just doing the, you know, yeah. he had his set down, and he always did very well. But um, so he, we, whatever bit he was doing, if we gave him the light in the sound booth, he could get to his closing bit, which I'll tell you what it was. He could be talking about dog food. He go, dog food's expensive. He get to like, yeah, everything's expensive. Weddings are expensive. Boom. He got. Boom. He could be talking about <laughs> meatball sandwiches. Boom. He got the light. Yeah. Uh, I was at a wedding. They had meatball sandwiches. He right. wouldn't wait a second once he got that light to right. get he's, off that he's stage. He's really a, a great technician too. So, so yes, yes. And what were you at a story oh, about? So anyway, um, I was in town in in uh, Philly doing something, and I, I went over to the, uh, you know, Comedy Works. And you know, you get that long, those steps. That, you two, know. two staircases up. Yeah. So anyway, I get to the top, and there's a little table there where the girl's sitting. Yeah. And the door's closed. And there's a kid standing next to her. He's about 10 years old. That was his son. Yeah, it was David Say. So I said, how are you? Who are you? He goes, I'm uh, David Say's uh, son. And he used to say, I'm David Say's son. My dad did The Tonight Show 14 times. He didn't say that to me. <laughs> yeah. So I said to him, you know, I thought I was being kind and all that. I said to him, so your father's on. Why don't you go in and watch him? And the kid looks at me and goes, I've seen the fucking act. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. That's great. That's exactly what he said. But that story just says everything. Like, he did not change it around. You know, he had his thing, and he just did it. And the joke that I feel bad every time I see you, which... I, I, it's the guy who, whenever I go to a store, I know, no one ever works there. By the way, yeah, you got that uh, right. Oh, when you go shopping in the supermarket. Yeah, no, I ask people. I don't work here. Yeah, no, well, say, you know, uh, you can never find people that work in supermarkets. You walk up and down the aisle. Hello, hello. Nobody. I went into the meat department. I see a guy with white coat, blood all over it. I said, excuse me. He goes, I don't work here. I just killed my family about an hour ago. And, I, and I'm coming in for some, yeah. I had, I'm coming in for some lamp shank. Yeah. You think it's good I added that? Or are you upset that all these years I've been doing your joke just a teeny bit better? Do you, does that, because do, I can tell you're upset. Let me tell oh you. <laughs> People have no idea whether you look upset, they trust my words. No, Mark, he's coming at me. Bill Cosby. And uh, the old Bill Cosby, you know, I once saw him in the, <laughs> the, the, yeah. the good Bill so Cosby. So nobody thinks. The good Bill. Yeah, BR, before rape. Yeah. So um, yeah. I saw him once, and I, I, I knew him a little, but I said to him, uh, boy, you got all these great premises. You know what he said to me? You could have any of them if you could make it better than me. How about that? Well, That's so I can have yours? Me. Can I have that joke? You didn't make it better. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? Hot dog, but hey. quickly. Uh, Hot dog! Hot dog! Right. That's all you get. Um, so anyway, that's the joke that I do. And deeper, deeper, I was telling the guys deeper. before you got here. And oh, by the way, I learned, you, you, you said something else that I remember, we don't, you know, is that, you know, a lot of times you, you do a joke and, you know, look, I don't mind, if I do everything right, I don't mind blaming the pulse of that audience that night. I think that we wouldn't have great comedy unless sometimes you blame, not everybody, but the pulse of that audience. 
But that doesn't mean you want to always blame the audience. Like, try no. your fucking hardest. Yeah. And you said something about your uh, material that was personal or sexually explicit. You have to, they have to warm up to you. They do. And then, and then once they know you and they like you and you, you gracefully brought that in when, and it always, when I, whenever I thought that afterwards, when I saw a comedian that was dealing with something, I went, oh, no, you, you wouldn't do that off stage that quickly, you know? Right, no. So just get it, get to know them. And then, and then as it's more personal, you get more personal because that, that would annihilate. Yeah, the sex jokes would annihilate. By the way, I think one time I messed it up. Do the joke, and then I'll tell you how I did it, if I did it right. Do you mind? Is this putting you on the spot? I'm trying to think. You're in bed. She goes, deeper, deeper. Give him some reverb so it sounds like he's on the stage. Women always take so long. You know, it's like, I'm with this woman. She's yelling, deeper, deeper. I said, with what? That's it. There ain't no more. I never say to you. Tighter, do I? <laughs> I changed it. Not changed it. Yeah. Said it wrong once when I was repeating that joke. Right. And I said, wider. No. And then my friend goes, I don't know if Mark, no. I think Mark does it tighter. No. <laughs> wider. How could they go wider? <laughs> uh, that's, I'm sorry. But anyway. Oh, okay. Why am I sweating? Is there heat on in here? It's for, oh, it's not that hot out, maybe. Maybe I need the air conditioning on. I'm anyway. so happy that you're still Todd Glass. Thank you. You're yes. still the same. Fun. You're exactly who you were. And before the show, we were talking that the last time, I mean, I'm sure I saw you sporadically, but I really remember a, a quality chunk of time was in, um, was in uh, Mardi Gras. Where's Mardi Gras? Yeah, in, in New Orleans. In That's New Orleans. Where my wife remembers uh, and, you being so kind to our son. Well, he was adorable. Well, and I, re- I forget one. That doesn't matter. <laughs> Kids are all adorable. You were kind. Yeah, he was. She, he guys, re- she never forgot. On, you bumped into each other on the we road. We worked. We worked together. What? Oh, you worked together. Yeah, we did a club. Yeah, we did. No, no, we we had, we knew each other from Philadelphia, right. but that was like where we spent a week together in in New Orleans, a right. week before Mardi Gras. Right. Wow. And to tell you the truth, that to me was enough. Like, and I had a great time, but I wouldn't want to be there the week of because the week before was pretty. Right. And they had a intense. They had a, yeah, and you had your child with you, I and, did. and that was a brand new comedy club uh, that right, was there. Right. Right. You know, you know, every once in a while, I bump into another comedian on the road, and I'll, I'll tell you something I did. I was in, um, I was in the islands, like oh, St. Thomas. And I was working. Oh, St. Thomas. Everybody, I take big Like I'm in one flew over the cuckoo's nest. <laughs> Do you know what? Two flew I over. said if I ever turned this into a show, I wanted it to be that I was in a. Um, I got put in a, a Santa Asylum, and they let me do a podcast in like the rec center, you know, part of it. But the the show, it's a show, and it's on television. Yes. But the the, the, the flip is there's no show. No, I'm ah, sitting in my. I like I'm that. sitting in the corner that and I'm good. dreaming it. And I have all these I guests like who obviously we really have to get, but at the end of it, I'm just in my room staring into the corner and I'm idea. doing a podcast. There's no podcast, <laughs> nothing. Or they let me do it and they don't send it out. But it's like all the people that work there, like the guy that's the orderly that gives us our medicine, he would do the soundboard. I just create this group of people. 
and then that's the show. And I think then it's a great idea. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be that at the end every episode it's just me staring into the wall. That's a little sad. You were hot. You were hot. Really, may I ask and be inquisitive yes. on your show? You were really hot, really fast. You did. Weren't you on Broadway? Like the you second know what, what year it was because of your career because of Steve Young. When I look back at the timeline, I even now I go, wow, I was only doing. That was a short period till I did that because of Steve Young and what happened was not that I didn't deserve it and I did a good job, but but I don't think it would have happened that quickly. I used to direct traffic as, as a 16 year old at the Valley Forge Music Fair, which was a three thousand. I biked there. I biked there. It was, which is great. What did you say? I, I biked there. <laughs> I did it with Gladys Knight and the Pips in Frankie Valley. Right. I, so and you knew what a great room that was phenomenal. and the Westbury and I used I direct traffic so you're there. So Jewish and the Westbury. And the Westbury Music Fair. And the Westbury. And then the owner, I went to high school with the... I have a little cold, by the way, if people don't understand. I got a frog in my throat. It's the only meat I've had all week. Leave me alone. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I think it deserves it. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, not that. Anyway, um, so uh, okay, so the Westbury Music yes. Fair, and then uh, and then I used to direct traffic there. And the o- I went to high school with the owner of the Valley Forge Music Fair's son. So when he would see me after we graduated from high school, he would always go, "Hey, you ready to open up at the West at the Valley Forge Music Fair?" And I, I thought no. And then something happened where they needed an act last minute, and he said, "Can Todd do it?" I couldn't. I've told this story on, on the podcast before. I wasn't really ready, but I did it. It was George Jones, and I did it. And then from that, the Patti LaBelle thing happened. So in 1984, I'd only been doing comedy two years. Wow. And I spent like a right. month and a half I on Broadway that. with Patti LaBelle, which was ridiculous. Wow. Which was ridiculous. Incredible. And uh, she was awesome. Yeah, I still have really fond memories of I her. I saw her open for um, uh, Richard Pryor one night. She's When he does his live from... Yeah, she went on before him. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, I, I, I saw her at City Center midnight show. My parents. I went what my year parents. is this? Would you say this was uh, City Center? Parents twenty five, eighty, eighty maybe. No, I mean, what year is it right now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, go it's ahead. A midnight show. Mm-hmm. I got three tickets. I'm an only child. My mother, my father, and me. The entire audience is black. My mother goes, "We shouldn't be here." We shouldn't go to the show. So we went upstairs. We're sitting in the balcony, and uh, Richard Pryor. Anyway, Patty LaBelle comes out, and she. I mean, wait, they were I, going to see Richard Pryor. I took them to see Richard Pryor. Oh, I was, you know. Oh, she got nervous when she got there. Yeah. What did she think? I don't understand him. I don't. This isn't my type of comedy. Did she ever give in and start liking some of it, or was it just too much for? It was too much. What for made me. you take her? I used to go see everybody. And uh, as a gift, I took my parents. I wanted them to understand what I liked. Right. What is so hard to understand that time? <laughs> and, and what about, and what about uh, so Patti LaBelle comes out. I remember when Steve Young told me to watch her because I was going to open up for her. He said, look, it's probably not your type of music. But I, first of all, there were some songs I actually really did like, but mostly it was her frenetic energy. Uh, she, energy. every single show, that woman gave, like it sounds cliche. It's me saying it, not her. Like, she went out there and performed. I never... Her worst show was fucking amazing. Yeah, no, she was... She, I couldn't believe... I would have been happy just to see that. You yeah. Know, but she, she was Some amazing. performers are athletic. Wouldn't you agree? Certainly, like, you she look at was. Them and you think, man, that's an athlete up there, right? She was, by the way, she was 40 at the time. She right. had just turned 40. And this is so funny, because I want to think... Maybe she was turning 50, because... I didn't want to believe that 40 made me and my friends all do this. Keep in mind, I'm 19. 
we'd go how I, every night when people came to see her, I'd be like, my friends, you know, my brother, how how old do you think she is? Right. I'd wait till she was doing a part point in the show where she was jumping all over the place and and get and, and I and they'd guess and I'd go forty, <laughs> like they go shut up. Like, she's 40. How the fuck is she jumping around like that? Excuse my language. I don't, I don't mind cursing, but over-cursing, I don't need to do. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was a very... Voulez-vous coucher avec moi? Yeah. Voulez-vous coucher avec As We know it. Do you want to do it? Here we go. I know it by heart. Do you, you know drums in this one, Aristotle? Voulez-vous coucher avec moi? Then she let people come up from the audience. She was to, unbelievable. And dance. Yes. Wow. John Marooney went up once. He was came to see me, and I go go up there, and he went up, and she loved it. He was like he was properly great. He wasn't overbearing. He was awesome. No, amazing. So and they ended up hooking up. Yeah. yeah. Why not? Why not? So anyway, there's that. I do have something, you know, because. I, I uh, the, the, some of my audience might not be familiar with you, but I don't usually do this during the show. But I think it's a good I think it's a good idea to do it now. So can we just give me a second here, and then we'll come back, and then I don't have any notes. We can just freeform it the rest of the Free show. Bomb. But play uh, play uh, uh, this right here, if you don't mind. I was just uh, yesterday at the ninety nine cent store. You ever been to this place? <laughs> I love the ninety nine cent store. You know what's great about the 99 cent store? You walk in there and you, and, you, and you feel good. You think, I can buy anything I want. <laughs> I can buy this whole store for $4 if I want. <laughs> Let me tell you, you know you're not doing well in life if you return things to the 99 cent store. Well, I've done that. If you actually get back in your car and return a can of peaches. <laughs> I always have stuff at the 99 cent store that sounds like the original deal. Like, I like Del Monte peaches. So, they, and they, they try to get you. I'm looking at these peaches. It says, Del Monkey peaches. <laughs> I'm going to give it a shot. It looks like the same thing here. <laughs> Just like the original item, enough. except no flavor. <laughs> I put some shaving cream there, and, you know, this I, I, so I get home, I shake the can, I go, no shaving cream coming out, just a sound. <laughs> and I'm actually thinking, that's not bad for 99 cents. <laughs> I, I really love this thing. I've never seen anything like this before. And I walked around so much fun with the family. I'm like, fooled you, right? You thought shaving? No, not for 99 cents. They're not going to put shaving cream. They'll lose money on the deal. <laughs> You look in the back, little letters, no shaving cream and clothes. There we go. Nice. Great bit, Mark. Great bit. I love it. For 99 cents. 99 cents. What are you going to do? I've returned things. Then the first thing I thought was I have, you know, the only thing that keeps me going to the 99 cents. So now I haven't been there in like three years, four years, but about a month ago I went. Progresso soups, ninety nine cents. They're they're three twenty five in Vaughn's. Is it the big can, the uh, no, the little can. Because they make the big can too, Progresso. They do. What do you? How big? Like uh, it's, oh, like the 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 uh, the can, no, uh, not the like the uh, can of pineapple, like a can of uh, like apple co- juice, not Costco. No, they not make, Costco. They make the family size one, Italian. You know, not going to just give you. I love the ninety nine cents. Gentilunazzamare. Do we have that song? Remember you used to sing this in your act every night you come out? You don't remember this? You'd come out every night. I'm Steve Shea for everybody. 
Matzo ball. No, I'm just kidding. You're like, what I the? I was f-? ready to go. I you thought could, maybe I did this. You could bit. remember something you could. I sang in my act. You know, I did uh, Chubby. That was my big thing. That got me on The Tonight Show and got John, speaking to John Mulroney. Oh, wait. What, was the, ch- me what on- was the Chubby thing? Oh, come on, baby. And that no matter what he did, Chubby he Checker, sang the twist. Chubby oh, yeah. Wait, wait. Give me a. Give, no matter what he did or where he went. Put a little reverb in his mic. John Mulroney actually booked me on his very first show. On uh, remember when he did the uh, f- the Fox show? Right, he night? took over for Joe Rivers. He, he took over, and it was his very first show because he had uh, Chubby Checker as a guest. He thought, "Well, I'll have Steve Schaefer," but I'm mocking him throughout the bit. It's, it's a mocking bit. I'm like, John, I'm not sure if I did. Nah, do it. He didn't get me. It was it was very awkward, but I did it anyway. Well, Chubby Checker, I go, "Come on, baby, let's do it." I go, "Come on, baby." I said, "No matter where this guy went, no matter what he did, he would say, hello, how you doing? My name is Chubby Checker. Hey, where you going? My name is Chubby Checker. I used to sing the twist." And it goes like this. So I say, Chubby Checker going to the bathroom. I'm going to take a piss. And it goes like this. Round and round and round and go. Chubby Checker singing the national anthem. I'll say, can you see? About the dawn's early light. Well, so proudly we. And if it was rocking, I would just sing every song. MacArthur's Park is waiting. It's waiting in the dark. He would just sing any goofy song. Every song it would be that tune. You know, it's so funny that as as the people that listen to the show and probably the people in the room, they go, "Okay, I see why Todd loves Steve." Ah, because you, you, and that's what I was going to say. Like you know, because I was listening to your version of the Italian, um, you know, the 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 funeral. Right. And then I heard it on TV. You probably did an edited version, but I'm like, no. Oh, and he did it live because, yeah, live you felt definitely. the energy of the crowd, and you would just go, Oh, my god, yeah, think would, of me. Uh-huh. You would just go on and I, on right, and right. on I and would, on I would, until I hurt them, until I yeah. like, it got every sp- sweaty yeah. laugh out. Hello, of how you doing? But I did it on the Tonight Show, I was nervous because it was a little offensive, you know. So did I you, held back. Did you try to change the verbiage at all? Like, you know, when you try to you're insulting someone, but you maybe go, You know, Chubby Check, I did, great. I did. You I tried pulled, to like, I pulled back a little bit, I got nervous. I didn't have the kind of balls that some guys had, like Mark had Tremendous balls. Don Marrera, great balls. I always admired his balls. Great performers. You have balls. Oh, his balls are so you. beautiful. I think I love those balls. I like them because they're not hairy. Thank you. Thank you. If he says something like that, you give him a hit. Say it again. We'll edit it in right. I love his balls because they're not hairy. You know, let's do a bigger one. We'll do the big one. Here we go. Let's say it again. I love his balls because they're not hairy. Yeah, that's how you do a goddamn podcast. Wow, that's what Wayne Newton does. Wayne Newton tells a joke. Play Wayne Newton doing that joke. He does this. I once said it is easy to be humble when you're a success. Then he does a The trick song. is to be arrogant when you're a flop. No laugh, really. And then he goes... When it's one for the money, two for the show. That's what singers get to do. Is there a, there's a lot of reverb. They get to tell a joke. It doesn't matter if it gets a laugh. Can you have the isolated one? It'd be like anything. Like somebody, they, somebody told me they worked with John Davidson. You remember John Davidson? Yes. And uh, he, by the way, for the people listening that don't, he had a talk show in the eighties. He was a singer, and I guess, and then he had a talk show. He would open up right. every show in a sweater singing. Yes. So one night on stage, uh, this guy's working with him, and John Davidson right. says uh, to the audience, "You know, today is five years that I quit smoking," and everybody. Just claps. He, you know, he goes, thank you very much. Thank you. Show's over. Kid goes back into the dressing room to thank John Davidson. He sees him sitting there smoking. So he says to him, uh, 
I just saw you outside, say, uh, on the stage, uh, you know, you didn't stop smoking. He goes, I did that like five years ago, and it works, so I just keep it in. It's <laughs> one for the money, for the show. Wow. And that's the worst thing to do, to fake. Sp- you know, someone, I once had to explain to my brother, not to you, because I get you get it, but it was a good question from someone who didn't do stand-up. Well, what's the difference between faking excitement and that's the way you're supposed to do your act every night. You've done the joke a million times, but you're still... Sure. Yeah, that's like when you tell a story to your friends. You still... If you told it ten times, you still have excitement. But that's not faking spontaneity. And that, to me, is the most nauseating that thing you can do true. in comedy. That I can't... Right, right, right. I can't watch someone do a word wrong and then go, right. Why did I just say that? Uh, yeah. uh, uh, because you said it every night. Uh, stop that. Stop, stop it. it. Stop it right now. Stop it. Stop, stop it. it. Stop it right now. Stop it. 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 Polly wants you to stop. That's a sting. Yes. Wow. I don't like to do this because it's unprofessional, but I like to. T- it, it relaxes me. How long have we done? Thirty minutes. God, oh, you've been nice. nice. We're good. Um, so the play. I want to talk about the play. Yes. Uh, the play. So who who's who's uh, who who was the uh, who's the, who's in charge? <laughs> who started the rash? Who started it? Who started it's this? It's a pretty equal partnership. Can I ask yes. you a question? And I'm going to be serious. I want to ask you some serious questions about the play. But do you want? Would you like a little betting music? Like I do a little betting music no, behind no, you. A don't. little bit would be nice. I don't think so. No. Teeny bit. No. 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 We don't. I'll do a teeny bit. How about if I do a teeny bit? Let's just listen. You guys are. I'll do a teeny bit of betting music. If you don't like it, I won't do it. No, no, no we'd no. rather you wouldn't. I'll uh, now. Are you guys even listening? I'm listening. I'll put a little betting music in. If you don't like it, then you go fucking take it out. I'm not going right. to argue at that point. All right. No. 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 Actually, a little bit. Not a trouble. Let me. I'll, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll do a little. No, I don't like that. How about? I need the proper betting music. How about we do this? Now, you told me to play this when I want to be happy. Before the show, I swear to God, this is true. He said, Todd, if you want to be happy, I'll play that. What is this? Now I'm curious. We want you to be happy. Don't Save that for the after show. You ever listen to Mexican uh, music? Do, do Mexican music? Are you kidding me? Is this... This is a song we wrote about you in Mexican, honest. This is all about the two of you in your play. This is so perfect. I'll tell you why. I said that because you're talking about music. Mm. You cannot commit suicide with this song on. Put a little reverb in mic when they have somebody in these in these awful situations where you know people are to what? a guy on a balcony ledge. Yeah, they just show up. At the the police jump. department has to show up at the PA. Uh-huh. They can put some reverb. Uh, listen, <laughs> uh, we've all been there and we get it. Take a deep breath. Hold up, play the music, Jerry. Everything's gonna be okay. Now come here. Don't listen. Uh, yeah, you like it? Ah, maybe not. Life is good. Ah, everything's all right. About to play. I'm so professional. Other podcasts get so mad because I'm so professional. Yeah, you're the best. I do the bells and the whistles, but I also know how to do just a good interview. And they're they're eating their their heart out. 
Um, You're professional. So uh, uh, how many seats does the theater hold? 84. <laughs> See, I know good questions. And uh, do you, uh, how much are tickets? Well, tickets are $35 unless you have a That's a steal. Yeah. I'm not kidding around. They should be 100 And I told you that when you started your play. Right. Well, you'd, you'd be the only one there. So well, it's, uh, that was my goal. $35. And if you have a little code, we give out $30. What's the code? It's, uh, can, you, can, can you tell I us? I can't tell you. Come on. Come no, on, I please. Can't, I can't tell you. Tell come us. On. Come on, Mark. But I will come tell you. On. I will come tell on, you. Mark. Tell us. Tell us. Come on. No. Come on, Mark. 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 The people that listen to this show, they'll go. I mean, these are the type of people. I don't want them there. <laughs> <laughs> But hot dog, hot dog, hot dog. Now we Remember you used to do this in your show? Of course. <laughs> hot dog, hot dog, hot dog. Talk uh-huh. about that's the epitome of yes and. <laughs> That's the opinion. Of course, I remember. Every night you'd walk out. And then you'd tell a joke, and then and you'd come right back into it. Remember, you'd be like, what, "What was your first? <laughs> it was the bear and the rabbit joke. Yeah, and you tell it, and then right after the punchline, do the punchline. I'll show the audience uh, what you bear and rabbit are taking a shit. The bear turns to the rabbit, says, "Hey, rabbit, your problem shit sticking to your fur." Rabbit says, "No." Bear wipes his ass with a rabbit. Hot dog, hot dog, hot diggity. Okay, back to your play. That's I don't, actually I don't... Gilbert Godfrey's joke. Is I it really? To, yes, I have well, to say that. you know, and he, you uh, just share. Right? Married People a Comedy, it's called. Married, married People of what? Co- married People a Comedy mm-hmm. at the Zephyr Theater. And, and who's it star? It stars... Uh, are you both in it, or are you just... No, we're not no, in no it. we wrote it. You just uh, wrote it. We're too old for these You parts. didn't just write it, you wrote it. We I'm worked sorry. on this for over seven years, right? Right. We worked on it over the phone. I would have conversations with Steve that would last five, six hours on the phone. Where do you live? I live in North Jersey, a little town called Nutley. Nutley. Appropriate. (laughs) Appropriately named for a guy like me. Hot dog, hot dog. Hot dog, hot dog, hot diggity dog. Now we got ears. It's time for cheers. Hot dog, hot dog, no problem solved. Hot diggity So, um, and you live, where do you live? I live five minutes from here. What? Pico you, Robertson in the uh, shtetl. <laughs> What's that mean? The old, uh, the Jewish The uh, Jewish neighborhood. Area. And how many kids do you have? Uh, three. Three kids? How three. old are they? 25, 23, and two weeks old. And you had the... No. I'll dig it down. Hot dog, hot dog, hot dig it down. And you only have, you have one boy. Just one. That's more than So the enough. boy that I met, that's is the boy that you'll fine. meet. He's fine. He's fine. Trust me. You had more money to spend with the well, three. Um, right? Uh, well, actually, every time I see someone have more kids, I go, you're, you don't have any more money the way it is. Well, it's, I'm, I'm uh, banking on that they make enough money to take care of me. There you well, go. how are they doing? Do you think there's any hope in that? Or they, yes, they do- yes, they're doing Which well. one do you think? And you love them all to death. I get it. They love them dearly. They're your all children. All three are doing so well. So you think they, the you, three yeah. of them collectively they, can? Yeah, they can cover. They'll cover my nut. If you need it. You still get you it's, still get residuals from the Tonight Show. It's not a hairy nut. Not, I get I get residuals from uh, the sitcoms, not from the Tonight Show. From what? Sitcoms, not Tonight Show. I got to check the other day for forty four cents. I'm uh, <laughs> mad about you. Hot dog, hot dog, hot diggity dog. All right, stop with the hot dog song. You play it too much. Sometimes. And I cashed the check, by the way. 
Oh, well, can I tell you something? Can't we do a thing for actors that like maybe are, need money and they're in, where you say, once my checks fall below this, mm. take it and give it to a cause? Because I can tell you the number I would. I'm not, I'm not going to pump up. I'm not going to go, anything under 500 they can keep. No. <laughs> a tank of gas I'll take. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you're a guy without kids. Only a guy without kids would say that. Yeah. See, well, that, no, the answer to you would be, would, would you, if it was under a dollar, you'd probably go. Mm, no. You need it. Yeah, maybe a pencil or something. I'll I take, agree. That, that's a great cents. idea. It, you know, it's, it's uh, yeah, fantastic. You get millions and millions of dollars. Well, give me a dollar right now <laughs> out of your pocket. You're so, you know, you're so great. <laughs> I will give you. Do you know, I used to... Uh, it makes no sense I'm snorting. <laughs> I don't often snort. Some of the, some of the, Snorting's good. And by the way, I never make fun of an audience member. for. La- I, look, I want every, every comedian should do what they want. I don't want to give out shitty uh, advice. Snorter. But I tell like, most comedians, if they want it, I go, can I tell you something and you can tell me to go fuck myself? If somebody laughs in the audience, unless they're trying to do it to get attention, that happens and you got to snuff that out. But if someone has a funny laugh, I never make fun of it. Because right. what you're doing at their most naked time of vulnerability, right. Right. and when they're having literally the best time of their life, where right. they let a snort out because they couldn't maintain composure, right. you take them and you punch them right in the stomach. I agree. Oh, well, aren't you great with your, with, your, with your... That's why I don't like the lights up on audiences too much, because well, I don't like to see them uh, watching each other laugh, because it's perfect. Personal. That's why I say One dark. night, what? I'm working with uh, Mr. Seinfeld, and, you know, with the 3,000 you've done it with Louie, and mm-hmm. all, you can't see the audience. Right. right. You can't see anybody. Well, I finally, after two years, asked for to have a wash instead of a spotlight. Those guys like spotlights. They, don't... they do, I, but I can't see anybody. So one night I'm out there, it's like 3,000 people, and I hear this, like, uh, uh, <laughs> and I can't see him. Uh, uh, and I think, oh, this fucking guy. Uh, so um, I get off, and, I, you know, it's my time. I get off, and I say to Jerry, there's some lunatic, like, sitting out there, and he's, I hope he doesn't do it for you. He's going, ah. So I go to the side of the stage where I can see, and there's a guy in a wheelchair with a thing down his uh, Having a good time. No, he's got the, you know, the, uh, the breathing the tube. tube yeah. and, ah. Why they put him in the third row, I have no idea. Where should they put him? In that section. In what section? In the ah section. <laughs> in that <laughs> section. <laughs> Mark Schiff is here. Uh, yeah. uh, no. <laughs> section. <laughs> section. I remember. Uh, never mind. Um, I, I don't want to edit anything out. Okay. I'm all over the place with questioning because it's my new style. When's the first year you did the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson? 1984. 1984? Yeah. Can I? Uh, I yes. You did it four years before. <laughs> did I finish all my interviews? Did I finish yeah. your questioning you over here? Uh, four years before. Well, oh, they're arguing. Was, they're so three, jealous. But, uh, three, well, I get a good fight going here. <laughs> Um, it's about time. It's about time. 1984, and how many times did you do the Tonight Show? I'm not show? allowed to tell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, they, they said I have to keep that a secret. And, and you do it. I, I love asking anybody because I never got to do uh, J- uh, Johnny, and, it, and hey, I didn't who? even hold on to it with too much hope because I knew it wasn't going to happen. Um, but when you, how many times? Did I was you... lucky. I, I was lucky because I was in the right place. And the, the, people say this all the time. But I was at, at the comic strip, and Eddie Murphy was the hottest act in the world. Richie Tinkin was managing him. So uh, uh, Macaulay came to New York and said he would like to see who else. You, who else do you have? And Richie Tinkin happened to like me, so he yeah. put me and five other guys up. And that's the only reason I got on is because somebody else liked me. Otherwise, Macaulay would have. Been, Macaulay, yeah. I realized that the Tonight Show is all about you know uh, laying the blame out in case you're wrong. Well, Oh, Richie Tinkin said he was funny. Oh, <laughs> uh, oh Schaefer sucks. Well, Richie Tinkin thought he was pretty good. And that's show business. You know who Jim McCauley was, of course. Of course, right. yes, of course. And by the way, I remember that because I remember seeing you on there. Of course, you forget what year it is. So I know the whole lay of the land, but I don't know, you know, I don't know any Macaulay, details of it. One night. Uh, How many times did you do it? 
I did it six with Johnny and five or six with Jay. Right. And you, you okay, go ahead, finish your story. So one night, Jim McCauley came into the comic strip, and I was on also one of those shows with like five or six people, and I literally got a standing ovation from the audience, okay? It was unbelievable. For five minutes, almost impossible. So I, I, I go out to the bar, and he's standing there, and he doesn't talk to me. He's talking to other people. He doesn't talk to me. So I said, Jim, uh, oh, I, I don't say anything. He walks out of the comic strip. I follow him out in the street. I go, hey, Jim, uh, what'd you think? He goes, yeah, it's, it, was, it was good. It was really good, Mark, but you're not Johnny's type of act. So I said, you saw what I did? I got a standing over. He goes, yeah, but you're not Johnny. Johnny, I, I know what Johnny likes. He's not going to go for that. I said, well, he goes, I, I, I can't help you with it. And he turns around and walks away. And as he's walking down the street, I scream, fuck you. <laughs> uh, uh, that's right? That's what I do. He turns around, he points a finger at me, he goes, you will never, ever do the Tonight Show as long as you live. Okay, this is what he does. Seven years later, <laughs> I'm in San Francisco at a club, and uh, Macaulay walks in, I'm headlining this club, and he walks in, I go, Jim, how you doing? And uh, he goes, I'm good. He goes, I, I came to see uh, whoever was on the middle for me. He goes, uh, if you don't mind, I got nothing to do, and I'll stick around and watch you too. So I said, Fine. So he's sticking around and watching me. I get off the stage. He goes, you got the show. Did he remember what happened? Never brought it up to him. Never said a thing about it. Macaulay used to drink. That's true. He did then he started oh, inviting me on his, he had a little boat. He invited me out to go out fishing with him. I mean, it was completely ridiculous. I'm telling him. Yeah. No, I am. Okay. I'm going to tell him. Oh, Fuck you, works. Well, you'll have to have a stroke and drop dead right now. To tell well, I... Him. But anyway... <laughs> To his credit, you know, I, I was a really angry belligerent when I first started. I had a really angry. I love thing. hearing that because I think of you as so, yeah. you know, perfect. Yeah. So I you did know, that. And, uh, I like to hear you curse even. I never curse. You want to curse with some reverb in your mic? <laughs> you want to yell out a fuck with reverb? It's fun. Yeah. Go ahead. I'll give try it a shot. You want to try it, Steve? It's, it's fun. I mean, you know, I used to do a bit like this. I just do my own reverb on stage. The silly talk about silly. It's one of the silliest things I ever did. I used to say my impression of a man lost in a cave. No, shut up. <laughs> yes, I did a man lost in a warehouse. Okay. Oh my God! Now I'm thinking. I hope that. I didn't take it from you. I don't care. It if sounds you did. very suspicious. It's so fucking stupid. It was one of the d- dumbest things I ever did oh on stage. God. And I would just turn to the. Did you I, really? I'm too George Carlin. That's, That's my safe word. Uh, like no. just my silly safe word. So wait, I want to hear you. So, so do, I, I, do you I, mind doing the bit of right course, now? No, a man lost. No reverb. Otherwise, it won't work. Yeah, you need I, it at the. I, I, I do it. No, I do. You got to do it regular. So because I do it my voice. Okay. I say a man lost in a cave. And I go where the where the where the bug. That's all I did. The audience occasionally would laugh, and other times, like, what the fuck is that? Why is that funny? And I, but I would do it every fucking show because I just thought it was so fucking stupid. And you were and I'd, right. I'd make a dumb face, and I'd go, where the where the where the bug, 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 am, 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 I, 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 I. That's all I did. And occasionally, every like one out of five or six they performances, would, they would go nuts. Can I and tell I you thought, something? I'm saving it. Can I tell you something? And look, you know, I know you might guys might have a different because 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 I'm still out there doing stand up. I have an honest pulse of what stand up comedy is, and some people don't. What I call it's just because you peek your head into it, like, oh, what are they doing at the meltdown? You stick your head in there. You don't know what's going on. Right. You have to embrace it. Because look, every era, most comedy is not good. Most lawyers aren't good. Most, you know, but but you, but so if you want to if you want to prove that comedy's not in a good place right now, this comes back exactly to what you just said. If you want to prove that comedy's not in a good place right now, oh, it used to be better. It's easy to do because you can just go out and not really look at it hard and think it sucks. But if you're really out there. 
comedy's in a great place. Mm. And the, that type of comedy is why I like going to the UCB or the Meltdown right. or the, or the, 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 uh, the, the um, M-Bar, you know, these cool little niche places. Because the audience is treated like opera, and they get those little fine right. You go on there? Those, that right. sort of meta. Right. And I don't think it's cool, by the way, to bomb. I don't. I don't think it's cool to bomb. No, I didn't do it to bomb. Neither I did it because I, I loved it. Because you loved it. Loved and there's it, a difference. Loved now, it, loved I know, and those audiences prove. If you went up and did those bits in front of those audiences, right. they love well, the absurdity of it. I'm doing do you it. go on there? I do. That's and I love it. Because they get they treat comedy like the opera yeah. and they get the little the little jokes are absurd mm, absurdity. Like when I go there and I say Here's a good example. You don't have to be, I'm not saying you have to be a brain surgeon to get this joke, but you have to sort of somewhat maybe, well, I'll just say the joke and you'll, it, I, I love to open up my show and tell audiences the jokes I don't, I go, this used to be my old opener and I haven't done it in five years. So, uh, you know, because people said, Todd, you got to write a new opener. And it was real, I'd been doing the same opener for literally maybe 12 years. I wrote new jokes in the middle, but I, my opener was the same. And a friend of mine said, Todd, you got to do a new opener. So I did about five years ago. Now, I know you're all wondering what my opener was, and I'll tell you. And then, I've, obviously, I was doing the same opener. But <laughs> sometimes audiences that would get it in now scene, they would get it like, we know he's doing his opener. I would say, like, you know what a joke I dropped out of my act? I dropped this joke out of my act literally 15 years ago tomorrow because I just thought it was cheap. And I tell you the truth, I think I read it in a joke book. <laughs> I did. I thought, I think I read it in a joke book, and then I tried to lie and say, and then I would do the joke, obviously. But those audiences get that type love of it. absurdity. Love they it. get absurdity, love it. Love it. whether it's dark, and I think dark is what most people think, but they also get it when it's, those, those audiences over there, they, they get silly, too. They get dark. They get silly. They get it all. They get it all. I used to open with a very silly piece once in a while. Um, duck Hunter. You remember my Duck Hunter? I don't, but go I used to open with this thing. I, I would say... I just get up on stage really uh, quiet. I, I creep around. I go, my impression of a duck hunter. And I go. <laughs> then I would go, my impression of a duck hunting a human being. <laughs> hey, Willie, you want some coffee? It's Hey, Willie, you want some coffee? Hey, Willie, you want some coffee? Can I do do my absurd opening? Yes. Do you remember my absurd opening? I used to say, hey, ladies and gentlemen, that's a nice round of applause for Todd Glass. He's uh, our MC tonight. And, uh, of course, the middle, wasn't he great, uh, Jimmy Durante, whoever the hell he was? And then can I have have a nice round of applause for the room? How about this room? It's in a beautiful room. And how about a nice round of applause for Philadelphia? Don't you love Philadelphia? We all love Philadelphia. How about a nice round of applause for Pennsylvania? It's the Keystone State. It's wonderful. Everybody loves Pennsylvania. How about a nice hand for America? Don't you love America? Land of the free home. And they'd always applaud. They're like, when's he going to fucking stop? And I'd say, how about a nice hand for Earth? Earth, it's a beautiful planet. We've got to take care of it. Everybody loves Earth. And they'd probably got a little ozone problem. Nobody gives a shit. How How about a nice hand for the universe? Don't you enjoy the universe? It's finite. It's expanding. It's 1.7 Kelvin. It's, a, you know, it's decreasing in, in, in temperature, but we all enjoy And people are like, what the fuck? And finally I'd say, how about a nice round of applause for the shit on, on the outside of the universe, which is probably uh, amniotic fluid, which reinforces the theory that God is a woman, the woman is Elky Summer. How about a nice round of applause for Elky Summer? It's one for the money, two for the show, three to get going, go, go. All that stuff. I'm Actually, still obsessed with they it. They would hate me until I got to the end. They go, well, I guess. Maybe. They kind of forgive me a little bit, you know. I had another opener. Different clubs, though, got it differently back then, just like today, right? Uh, it, it, it actually mostly worked because it got laughed throughout. Until, because, and at the, just before the very end, they hate you. And then you bring him back and they go, oh, he's fucking with us. 
Another opener that I had, actually, when the only time I ever really cursed on stage. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, ooh. So I would go up on stage with a cigarette. We didn't commit to that, by no, the way. A lit cigarette. And uh, the audience would look at me, and I would take a puff, and I would blow a smoke ring. I, I blew perfect smoke rings. So i go. And it would just kind of go out about seven or eight inches, and I would say to the audience, I used to fuck those as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> and then I would say, and it, it was out about a foot and a half. I go, was, the smoke ring was out like a foot and a half. I go, I can actually reach it from here. Uh-uh. <laughs> It's one of my favorite bits, by the way. Mm. I love it. I love you know, the new one I want to, like, someone said I could do this. I'm, I'm always love, like, just Joe, uh, Joe DeRosa was here last week, and he said, just go get, like, 25 old silly jokes. But they have to be funny. Yeah. That's what will make this bit work better. And you have, a, it may be a plastic knife on a stool. I don't like the idea of a knife, but I like the bit. And you do the joke, and every time in the left, you go for the knife. And then you have, like, a, any doorman at the club. Come act like he's holding you back from the crowd. So you do the joke. You're like, you know, I have fake legs but real feet. Ah, oh, you son! And someone's holding you back. You're so mad, or you go, I'll knife every one of you. But they're just silly joke after silly joke. But they have to be funny. But usually, I'll commit to something if it gets a laugh. I'm better now, but it used. If it didn't used to get a laugh, I'd bail like so quick. It's painful. Mm. It's painful. I'm with you, by the way. And you know, um, if I may, I toured with Carlin for a short while. It was one of the luckiest breaks of my life and the greatest thrill of my life. And he would go ten minutes without a laugh. And I'd say, George, what the hell, how do you do that? He'd say, I don't do it for them. I do it for me. <laughs> well, can I tell you something? The, the reason that that adage, and again, I'm not, I'm, pre- I'm not talking to you. I know we all know it here. But it's not that anybody, I don't think it's, like I said before, cute to bomb. But, you know, if George Carlin or anybody shows up on time, they're sober to do their performance. You owe a lot to the audience. And I like saying it this way because it's just saying, no, there's a cutoff. But it's not like, screw the audience. No, you owe them a lot. You owe them to show up on time. You owe them to do a right amount of material. I agree, I you agree. Have, but what you don't owe them, and it took me a long time to learn this, is to do jokes you don't like. Mm. And, and that's probably what he was doing. He probably went out. Who was more prepared than him? And at one point he goes, no, if you don't like these, no, I don't owe it to you. And that's what I used to do. I would go to old jokes that I knew would work. No, you know, he, my go-to. Well, he, he had this great, uh, he had, you know, he had these. Uh, Who is George Carlin, by the way? Uh, George Carlin? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just kidding. Well, he, he had, I'm young. He had these great routines uh, that were just. Did he they, curse? They weren't, uh, a little bit. Ah, they were, Bill Cosby um, said if you curse, you're not ah. good. They weren't meant to get a laugh. He didn't mind. Then he would get into say He made sure the audience laughed. But it, he, he cared about his comedy because he had something to say. I mean, I admired him greatly. I, I, do, I'll, 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 I do have a Carlin story, a quick Carlin yes, story. Yes, of course. Okay, I'm with Carlin. I'm, I'm, tra- I'm trying to fool. Every day I try to wake up and give him an observation that he hasn't come up with. Do you remember where you're at at this point? George Carlin. Yeah. Like where you're at, like what city or what? Like, I, no, this is New Orleans. We're okay. back at the kid, my kid's three again. And I said, uh, I said, uh, I said, every day I wake up and I think maybe this is, he didn't think of this. So one day I'm watching, we were on the road together and I see a Western and I realized that the third character in the Western was named Murdoch. And I realized in every Western, there's a Murdoch. And I thought maybe George, this is an observation that George has come up with, or maybe he hasn't. So let's see if he has. So I said, George, I think I got one for you. In every Western, there's a Murdoch. He said, I know. I wrote that down 15 years ago on an index card. <laughs> In every Western, there's a Murdoch, and there's also a Kincaid. 
<laughs> so he not only had the observation, but he had the tag. And I'm like, well, I'll never try and uh, do it again. No, no, keep trying, keep trying. <laughs> well, so he didn't mind. Oh, he mind. We had fun. He actually got became friends. He used to send me postcards because he was a Mets fan. I was a Phillies fan. We used to tease each other. Oh, it was the greatest thrill of my life. I, 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 I yeah, and, and you got to do a few dates with him. Yeah, I worked with him for four months. Wow. I yeah, actually do great. an impression of Carlin with Alzheimer's. <laughs> You ever noticed that, uh, uh, <laughs> how many of you have ever been to, uh, have you ever gone to, uh, uh, uh thank you very much, good night. Marship is here. Good choice. Why do they call it blueberries? They're red. Um, that's all I got. George no, I used to do George Carlin in a warehouse. One night. That's the truth. I used to do... Where are the way? Go ahead, go ahead. You one go. Night, I'm a good interviewer. I of course I, I... My story can take second. I let the guests go. Because I'm fucking professional. I'm sick one, of talking about you it. You spit in my eye. Did uh, I really? One, yeah, it was a drop, but it's okay. Wow. Who needs that that's eye? embarrassing. So, one night I'm watching Carlin on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. And I remember falling out of my bed. He looks at Carson and goes, guess what? <laughs> Carson goes, what? He goes, Carlin goes, they found another Mohegan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got to know the last of the Mohegans. I, th- I, I probably got a little lost on that one, to be honest. Who wrote Last of the Mohegans? The Last of the Mohegans is it's an expression, The Last of the Mohegans. You have the greatest book. story. See, I don't know if Todd knows this. When Mark used to actually work in a casino with an elephant, will you tell that for me? What? Will you tell the story for me, the elephant? It's one of my favorite Mark Ship stories. Would you tell it to, to Todd? When you were with an elephant, and they, 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 you had to work a certain night, and he worked a certain night. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I used to work this place in Reno, um, John Esquaga's Nugget, it was called. It was, it was a, a casino. And they had an elephant there, Bertha. She'd been there for like 30 years. And uh, every night they bring her on stage and she would do a couple minutes of, uh, you know, standing up with the one thing. And, okay. uh, so one night uh, I show up and there's uh, no uh, – and I work seven days a week there, seven days a week, two weeks, seven days a week. So one night I get there and there's no elephant. I said, uh, where's the elephant? She's off tonight. It's one phone, money, phone show. Oh, my God. I like that it took me a second to go, oh, the elephant gets in the middle. <laughs> Not you. Well, that I don't even realize how absurd it is. Wait, the elephant gets a night off? What about me? No. Well, that's like a ventriloquist, you know, with the, the dummy. One night somebody sees him, uh, the, uh, the ventriloquist has said, uh, where's the dummy? He goes, he's working. <laughs> <laughs> he takes his own jobs. Do you think this is a true or false story? I think it could be urban legend. I'll tell you what I think first. You, well, no, I'll let you guys go first. There's an infamous story about someone coming up on stage. And I, I'm guessing whether it's true or false. Okay. That's all I have as a guess, okay. just like you guys will have. Guy goes up on stage. There's a ventriloquist act picking on the audience. Guy gets pissed off, runs up, punches the puppet. True. Otto and George. Otto is that true? George. I yeah. thought it was true because, yeah. the, the, look, the, it's believable. Take audiences into consideration, some drinking. Well, Otto and George, uh, you know. So they the ran up and they punched? They punched the dummy. <laughs> That's so oh Isn't that great? Well, they, you That's know, people so would sit in the front row and that dummy would say the nastiest, nastiest. thing Awful. to people. Awful. And and uh, and Otto was always like, oh, calm, calm down, will you? Yeah. I think yeah. fuck up, I think fucking frickin' I didn't stick my dick down in my wooden dick down his throat. Hey, now. And it was oh. just, it's, it, can the, you imagine? The parody of the wonderful, parody. How wonderful I, that is. I never got tired of, I saw that late 
like I came to him late in the game. I don't, George. Yeah, but my favorite is when he did the a parody. He let the go off the dummy for like three minutes saying a Regis thing, and all he would do is take the dummy's shoulder with his hand and go, stop it already, but not even trying to like... <laughs> right, right. And then when he would make fun of George, oh, when, when Otto would make fun of George and go, like, he, he, the dummy would get everyone laughing, and then he would go, where are you from, to these girls? And they go, we're from Jersey. Yeah, go, where are you from? <laughs> That's all you got. Where are you from? Where are you from? Oh, people pay to see that. Where are you from? Oh, come on, I'm trying. You know? uh. Uh, he passed a couple years ago. I, I know. I know he did. Yeah. Now, here's and the he thing. He was a very sweet guy. He was a sweet guy, like a lot of those guys mm. are, a very gentle soul. Mm. Where do you, I would love, look, I don't know if I would commit to it, but boy, would I love to have that. Like, I would tell the story that, that he got given to me, and I, I adopted him, and then let me let him live on through my act. Ah. But I don't know. It's a lot of work. Mm, it would. You know the El Cabong story, right? I mean, that's watch what, your that, mouth. That's a, ooh, ooh. no. What's that? You know yes, the El Cabong story. No, right? you know it's the uh, the guy, the, the guy's on stage with a with a, a, a guitar and uh, oh yeah, and the and the, uh, and the he's being uh, insulted by somebody in the audience and, uh, and uh, you know, he's being heckled and heckled and heckled and finally the comedian just, the guy actually starts to approach the stage and the uh, the performer takes his guitar and whacks him over, over the, the head. fucking head. I saw the video. And completely destroys the, the guitar. The guitar. And he's like trying to play it. Then he's trying to play it. And then he tries like, to go back to his act. Like yelling. Oh, no. The El Cabong story is one of the greatest comedy stories ever. Why do they call it what you just called it, though? The El Cabong. I'm El not sure who named it. El Cabong was a uh, See, I'm a good interviewer. Go fuck yourself. Not you, but the listening audience. It was a cartoon that was on, uh, and it was a quick draw McGraw uh, cartoon. I think so, yeah, And there was a character named El Cabong. El Cabong. And he would just take his guitar and bang it over people's heads. And I remember when I saw that happen, you know, because he's heckling, he's being rude, and I remember the defined moment of thinking when a comedian watches that versus a layman, and I remember thinking, he sort of deserved it. No, he did deserve it. He does completely deserve it. But in real life, you can't be hitting people over there. Oh, it felt so good to watch some dumb fuck go up on stage, and the guy takes his guitar and hits him over the head with it. Shut up and sit down. Yeah. 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 Dennis Miller bought that, but then thought it was too crass. He was going to open up his talk show with it every really? night in some montage. Really? Yeah, he bought the, the right Dennis side. Miller That's what of all people. Mike Carano told me. Wow, we got to go in for the clothes. Oh, no. I need to go clothes? so quick. I like your jacket. Where'd that jacket come from? Canada. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I want you to play that last big hit. Ten times before this show's over with these two guys. <laughs> Ten times. That's a lot of pressure. You want to get one out of the way right now? Every... Wayne Newton does this. Watch. The whole band. They stop. Everything I'm wearing, I most of my clothes I buy on the road in different places. And uh, this came from Canada. The shoes I got in New York. The pants I can't remember, but I got them somewhere. I used to have a collection. I would do this on the road. You know, because we have time during the day. Like, you know, we work... 40 minutes a day, we got 23 hours. So I would go shopping, and I had a collection of the ugliest shirts in the world. I would go hunting for the ugliest shirt for sale in the particular town I was in. Did you wear them ever? I did wear them. On I stage? Did. Yes, he did. I wore them all over. <laughs> yes, he did. And uh, people would come over to me and say, that is the ugliest shirt I've ever seen. <laughs> mm. And what'd you say? Thank you. <laughs> Wow. 
you got, know how? Go ahead. You got to come and see our play. You got to come What's see the name of it? Married, Married people, people, a comedy. A we got comedy. four great actors. We got a director named Rick. But Shaw. I think you would really like it because it's not just about comedy. It's really has the the subplots are poignant and touching, and you. I think it's not just you know a pile of laughs, even though it is. Let me ask you something. If I go to see it. You're not going to point me out and, and, and say... I'm glass. We actually will. Okay, good. Then I'll go. Of course we will. <laughs> the truth is I have to lie and I, say I don't want you to we do will. it. I, I'm dead serious. Yeah, no, wait. Where do you... The, come to the opening on, on the 4th, on the Saturday. There'll be other people... Wait, of, the 4th of what? Of your ilk. March. March. Oh, I'm around then. Good That's the you. opening, the 4th of March? Yeah, yes. the grand world premiere. And we'll have a few celebs uh, as well. Is Jerry going to go? I need to go. I said something about Jerry once, and now I'm nervous to see him. I looked on his schedule. Twice I said something. Four times. I haven't stopped talking about it. He's going to be in Texas that night. Oh, okay, I'll come that night. I'm afraid I'll see him. I'll say something sometimes, and then if I see the person, I get nervous. That's why I don't want to say anything about anybody. Because if I you see you should them, not talk about people in the nasty Well, life. you have a right to put the light on people, like he did with Orny Adams. You have a right to talk about someone. I don't ever wish anybody ill, seriously, or anything like that. But you have a right to put a litmus test on something if you think their behavior is out of line. You think that hurt? I'm, I'm you think you that hurt Orny? No, I think it probably helped Orny. We just talked about it the other night because, mm. uh, by the way, I agree with Jerry 100%. The one thing that Orny said, I, I now know Orny, but, uh, but, but when he said, hey, if comedy doesn't work for me, then I'm out of it. Uh, see, I like Jerry for pouncing him on for that because then maybe even he learned. What else are you going to do? Stop giving yourself a time limit. If you're in this, you're in it. And it's like, oh, if this doesn't happen. And I thought Jerry brought light to that, which I was all right with. So Then there is Hannibal and Bill Cosby. Right. What, what about them? Lecter? Oh, Hannibal. Hannibal, Paris. yeah. Yeah, what if Alex. Hannibal sees Bill Cosby? I bet he gets nervous. Mm. Well, Bill think... Cosby won't see him. That's the, pro- that's the advantage. I'm going to end something. We're going to do something different. Today. Yes, we should. Now, I want to see if we got all the, the, the night, all the good stuff out of the way. Yes. Oh, my God. We got to go to close. Yeah. Um, so you, were, you were talking about, before we started, about, I, you asked me if I was a Mr. Rogers fan. Oh, I fan. see the picture up there of Mr. Rogers, yes. you know, a great man. And, and you said there was, a, is it a book? Yeah, there's a book that somebody wrote. I can't remember the guy's name, but the book is called I'm Proud of You. And Mr. Rogers would sign letters to people. He'd write people letters, and he would sign it, I poi. I'm proud of you. You know what's funny about that? And that's fine because this is the type of thing Mr. Rogers would want to pass on. Uncle Frank, who used to be the sidekick on the Jimmy Kimmel show, was he, he was a cop in real life and he was a cop. He, had, he died. But he used to, his daughters told me, that, and I, that's why I pass it on to everybody, a little just nugget of greatness. Tell your kids you're proud of them. They, they most likely hopefully know you love them, but they want you to be proud of them. And when you tell right. them you're proud of them, they have the real, it really works. They have a goal to work towards. After reading that book, I started telling my kids that, uh, you know, I, I'm proud of you. I mean, wow. But the book is fantastic. They're powerful words for a kid, right? It, it's, a, it's, a, it's a life-changing book. Really. I'm proud of you. Well, I'm, you know what I will do whenever I, – I'm, I can't read a whole book, but I'll beg a friend to read it and then give me the, the best of it. So It doesn't work. Uh, oh, Cliff Notes with Friends. You tell your kid you're proud of him? Of course. <laughs> I miss like, him all the time. When he left, I cried like a baby. Left for where? Oh, left he's, the house? He lives in California now. Oh, he lives in California? Yeah, he's here. What does he do? He wants to be a film director. Wow. And his name... Don't tell me. Do not tell me. Do, Henry. Oh my God. Are you serious? Well, is that his name? That's his name. I think you might have mentioned it when you came into the house. Oh, okay. But, um, but God, wow, I bet I'd be like... Good. I still picture him. Well, he was only two when I saw him. Does he look different? Uh, not at all. <laughs> really? I was hoping so that. Cute. He's still cute. <laughs> <laughs> He's adorable. So uh, the play, I'll, I'll mention it up front. Um, you know what? I, 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 
People go. I always tell them, go, and then go up to someone and Come say, see the play. we're from it's the Todd Glass show. It's funny. It's moving. It really is a very relevant. For what the are the time. actors' names that are in it, the star? Okay, so we got uh, Andy Lauer. Andy, Andy Lauer. Lauer. Kylie. Del Rey. Del Rey. Michelle Bernard. And Paul. And Paul Parducci. Parducci. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Well. They're really wonderful. And the guy that's directing it, Rick Shaw. Rick Shaw? Rick Shaw. Yeah. Who used to write on The Nanny? Yeah. Right? The nanny. The nanny. I just met a girl named the nanny. You know what we could do? We could do that. Yeah. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave this to you. Put a lot of reverb in his mic and let's have fun. It was so much fun seeing you guys. I feel like we didn't really get an, a lot of time because we had to, we're doing, a, well, you know, this is an after show. But Steve, man. Great to see you, buddy. Yeah, good to see you Thanks guys, Thanks for having too. both of us. No, I want people to go. Go to the play. Listen, you have to yell at people. Married people are comedy. No, because people go, oh, I want to go, but go. Yeah, brown Just get paper, go. Brown paper tickets, by the way. Brown paper tickets. See, right. you give out all the information. I no. think you're the more... You, Not really. I'm the goofy one. No, but, but Mark's <laughs> forgotten so many things. Oh, the that's... date. <laughs> Remember in the beginning of the show, he was like, oh, it's the third, and then you had to correct yeah. them. <laughs> Seems Where's... like he doesn't give a shit. I'm Where's... telling you, I, I'm, I'm the goofball in the relationship. Trust me when I tell well, you. Let's do something as silly as we can to close the show, and then here we go. Wow, what an after show. Too sexy for my purse. So sexy in her. And I'm sexy for my lad. Too sexy for my lad. Don't be ashamed of the mic. Oh, too sexy for your party. Too sexy for your party. No way, I'm just dancing. Hey, 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 hey. Too sexy for your party. Too sexy for your party. No way, I'm just dancing. Dancing. I'm dancing, dancing, prancing, dancing, that's our show, everybody. Thank you for so much. coming. I have a great way to close it. I just thought of it. Yes. I thought of it. So you can't really sing that song. That's a, I know, a, I know. It's a talky song. It's, it is, it is, it is, it is. No. Maybe something like this. Maybe something like this. What? Mark Schiff, everybody. Steve Schaefer. Best after show you've ever heard. Hot dog, hot dog, hot diggity dog. It's you I like. It's not the things you wear. Not the way you do your hair. But it's you I like The way you are right now The way down deep inside you Not the things that hide you Not your toys They're just beside you But it's you I like Every part of you Your skin, your eyes, your feelings Whether old or new And I hope that you'll remember Even when you're feeling blue That it's you I like It's you yourself It's you It's you It's you I like Thank you.